0: Welcome back to the Our View podcast. This episode is part of our Super Sports Saturdays, a series of episodes that will highlight adaptive sports programs, their athletes, and those who organize these programs. My intention in creating this series of episodes is to bring awareness to the importance of inclusive and adaptive sports and play, to show how sports and play are beneficial to all. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the Our View podcast. This episode is part of our Super Sports Saturday, a series of episodes that will highlight adaptive sports programs, their athletes, and those who organize these programs. My intention in creating this series of episodes is to bring awareness to the importance of inclusive play and adaptive sports, to show how sports and play are beneficial to all. I hope you enjoy this episode. On today's episode, I welcome my guest, my friend, Paralympic gold medalist, April Holmes. Join our conversation as we discuss the train accident that led to her being an amputee, her road to the Paralympic Games, the work she is doing with the April Holmes Foundation, and the importance of representation. welcome to the Our View podcast, which is my uh, podcast that raises awareness about disabilities with the focus of changing the tone of conversation about disabilities. So I created the podcast to um, let people know that that there are those who live with disabilities who are out here doing great things, amazing things, and fun things. And uh, just to help the world at large um, understand that um, People with disabilities are not just sitting around, you know, we're active people and we we do things. So I want to help uh, help people see the lives that uh, those who have disabilities see, help them see the lives that we live uh, are are pretty interesting and, um, you know, and, and tell our stories and specifically tell the stories of people of color who have disabilities because I, I feel um, that we are not represented um, very often, in a lot of stories that are being told, uh, you, you hardly—it's uh, rare to see people of color who have disabilities on uh, TV and and in the news. And so, I want to use you know this platform to uh, highlight uh, those stories as well. So, I would like to officially welcome April Holmes to the Hour View podcast, and thank you for joining me today. <laughs> um, and uh, I'd like to start off all of my episodes by asking my guests to introduce themselves because um, you and I have known each other for a few years now, and you've been to a few of uh, Jake's Place events, and I've been to a few of your April Holmes Foundation events, which are the most fun events ever. <laughs> <laughs> and we have the, I have the most fun at your events, um, but what I know about you might be different uh than what you would want to share with people, and you might want to add some things or things that I don't know about you. So, can you just give a brief introduction um, as to who you are? Who is April Holmes? Uh,
1: wow. Well, um, Introduce myself. This is interesting. <laughs> um, so, I am a uh, I am a, a product, of born and raised in um, in the South Jersey area. Spent uh, my childhood in a town called Atco but also spent a considerable amount of time in Camden, just because my family lived in Camden, but I lived in Atco. Um, so I like to tell people all the time I had some trees that were, I mean, I had some neighbors that were like evergreen and pine and things like that. Uh, Cause they're not, I mean, years ago, uh, when I was growing up, there were not very many things in Echo New Jersey. So, um, people seem to know about a racetrack, but nevertheless, um, that's where I, I, I grew up at, um, spent so much of my time as a, as a kid, um, involved in, in athletics. Um, my mom believed that you know, if you keep kids busy, they'll stay out of trouble. So I went, was every, everything from track and field, which I, uh, I fell upon and loved and I loved basketball, but she had me in everything from like ballet and tap dancing and, um, baton, like things, piano, le- let me need, not leave out the piano lessons that I absolutely dis- despised. Uh, but <laughs> nevertheless, um, you know, I, I um, while my while my mother did not have the um, the funds for me to go to college, she always pressed upon me every single day to work on my education, um, just as hard as I was working on my athletics, so that I could get a scholarship so that I could go to college. Because it was expected um, that that I went to college. Like there was no it was no it, well if you go to college it was you know, when you go to college <laughs> in my house from five years old excuse me from five years old all the way through. Uh, high school uh, in track and field I ended up getting a a college scholarship to go to um, to uh, uh, run track at Norfolk State. I uh, ran track it for four years at Norfolk State and I absolutely loved it. Um, I was I was also very fortunate that my track coach was at, at just like my mom. So uh, my mom, in fact, gave her permission that if I got out of line or if I did anything that was bad to just just beat me or, or hit me upside my head or whatever. She, I had, she had permission to be my mom while I was away from my mom. Um, I'm not really sure why my mom gave her those type of permissions, but nevertheless, um, it was, it was, she was a godsend and still is a godsend to me. So, um, about, uh, I guess about how many years, maybe about five years or so after I got out of uh, college, um, I got into a train accident and I ended up losing my left leg below my knee as a result of the train accident. My boyfriend and I were in Philadelphia and we were Um, we were getting ready to go, um, to, we were getting ready to go to, to New York. And I was, we were actually at the train station in Philadelphia at 30th street station. And I ended up, uh, getting ready to get on a train. The driver decided he was ready to go before I got on and ended up slipping and falling and literally fell and landed underneath the uh, platform of the train. And with the train resting on my leg, um, I laid there for 17 minutes while they tried to free me from the train only to wake up several hours later in the, um, in the emergency room and find out that my left leg had been amputated. Um, and very much to your point, Arthur, that there are, there are you know, not very, pe- Black people with disabilities are not very well represented in the world. Um, and not just in media, they're just not very represented in the world because I think back to my childhood um, or prior to my accident, shall I say, I had never um, experienced people with disabilities unless I had gone to church. Um, I had gone to the mall, um, like those, t- the mall and church is really the only place I had ever seen anyone with a disability. Um, and they were not always black people, you know, they were not, it was, it was like, okay, I, I, I really thought when I got into my accident, I, I felt alone. I felt like I was the only person that I knew, um, that had a disability per se. Um, so that was a very, very lonely time. Cause it's, you know, you don't know like anyone that's kind of traveling down that same, uh, pathway and road as you do um and so you think you know, okay I'm the only one this is happening to and why is it happening to me kind of thing uh but the second that you know you come across and meet people such as yourself you meet you know, meet other people then it's like wait I'm not in a world by myself like it's there's right. plenty of other people around so you know just like me um so meeting those people and and being introduced to those people I had a doctor um he actually just recently passed away but my my uh, emergency surgeon he came in my room one day at the hospital at the University of Pennsylvania Hospital. And he gave me some magazines about the Paralympics, and prior to then, I, I again I didn't know anyone that had a disability, let alone any athletic people like that was even right. you know even further from from reality. Uh, but once I I saw the magazines and once I kind of got um, introduced to that lifestyle, I'm like okay I got it. You know I, I came up with three dreams. I'm all about like okay. What is your dream and work on it? Like, what is your dream and work on it? What is your dream and work on it? So I, I came up with these three dreams that I wanted to represent the United States at the next Paralympic Games. Um, I wanted to win gold medals and I wanted to be the fastest amputee in the world. Um, and so I had a very um, a, amazing um, athletic career. Um, it was it was um, showered with plenty of. Uh, world records and plenty of gold medals and and titles along the way, um, world championship titles and uh, United States titles and things like that. Um, but I mean, I've recently retired from athletics, but I mean, that was the thing that kind of has always kept me going all my life, just knowing that I can be active despite my disability, knowing that I can, you know, still be influential to other people despite my disability. And the fact that I can still you know, go and do all that I want to do and go everywhere that I want to go, um, despite my disability. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's, I'm not allowed that to stop me in terms of things I wanted to do in my life. And I think that's, that was a, that's a still a very important life lesson, lesson to me. It's like, don't allow your physical or your mental um, limitations to kind of, you know, put, put a stronghold on your life. Instead, if you, if you see it, if you want it, if you desire it and go get it.
0: Absolutely. I am. Um... I, I think uh, a few things you uh, just talked about. I uh you grew up in Atco. I grew up in Cheslehurst, which mm-hmm. is the next town <laughs> uh yes. Yes. over from Atco. So I understand about you, you know, saying your your neighbors were the trees. and even
1: worse, I think. It, it, I think it, Chiselhurst is even worse.
0: <laughs> it's even smaller and there's a lot more trees and uh so I can definitely relate to uh like you said, your neighbors being the trees and pines mm-hmm. and <laughs>
1: and the animals
0: and everything yeah (laughs) so that made me uh smile a lot uh thinking about that and um and also what you just said too about you know your first time hearing about the paralympics was when your doctor gave you the magazines and that is so true i i brought it up a few years ago when the olympics were on they're on literally almost 24 7 on you know the major networks, uh, you know whatever if it's NBC, they're on all the time. You know you can wake up at one or two in the morning and you see that they're on. The Paralympics get such little TV time, and if they do, it's like a two-hour special that wraps up everything on like a Saturday afternoon, or it's on a channel that you have to search and see if you actually have that channel. <laughs> so it's uh, it's really difficult to um, you know to see. Like you said, you were an athlete, you know, all of your life and uh, before your uh, injury. And it's just, um, you know, to, to not know that something like this existed, like the Paralympics, um, you know, it's, it's really, it's, it's difficult to, to grow up as, you know, a child who has a disability like myself. I was born with my disability. So, and, and I also can relate to, you know, not seeing people who look like me. Um, whether they were black or not. Like, I just didn't see any other people that used crutches or had a wheelchair too often in my life growing up as a child.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: um, you know, I was never, I, I don't know, if maybe if I did know about the Paralympics, I would have become more interested in sports. But because I knew I couldn't play sports like my cousins, I couldn't play basketball like my cousins or football, um, you know, I, I just lost interest in it, uh, you know, growing up as a child. But as I got older, I saw there was wheelchair basketball, there's wheelchair rugby, and uh, you know, all kinds of of sports available to those who have disabilities. So it's really, uh, really important that, you know, the word gets out there that there are activities and sports uh, specifically for people who have uh, disabilities. And that's the reason why I'm doing these um, Sports Saturdays uh, episodes, just to see the wide range of of things that are available to people, uh, who have disabilities as far as in the sports world goes. Um, so then the next question, um, how, how soon after uh, your accident were you, you know, thinking about, you know, really getting back into the, uh, the running and, and athletics in in general.
1: Um, so when I first woke up from my, um, in the hospital um, after surgery, when I first woke up, uh, my very first uh, questions to my cousin who, and my mom who were standing about beside my bed were, um, you know, what happened to my leg? Because I knew something happened to my leg because it was clearly trapped underneath a train. So I'm like, OK, where they able to, you know, what happened to it? Um, and so I remember them, you know, continuing to say to me that I, I would be OK. Like my cousin just kept saying, oh, you'll be OK. Oh, you'll be OK. You'll be OK. So I had a neck brace on at the time. So I couldn't really like look at it. But after she kept saying, you'll be okay. I'm like, Oh no, I need to lift up and kind of look at my leg. Mm -hmm. And it was in looking at my leg at that moment, I turned back to her and I said to her, I said, you mean it now, when I lift up and look down, all I saw was a white cast. I didn't see, I didn't see anything else. Like there was no foot there. Um, And so I turned back to her and I said, you mean to tell me I'll never be able to run or play basketball again? And uh, she's like, Oh no, you'll be okay. And so, I mean, so very first thought, once I learned that I was, you know, now an amputee, was I'd never be able to play again. But it probably took a maybe I'll say a week or so, maybe a week, week and a half, and that's when Dr. DeLong kind of came in with these magazines about the Paralympics, and I'm like, wait a minute, you mean to tell me I can actually run them? In- track or play basketball again. I was all about, by then I was all about track. I didn't want to sit in a wheelchair and play basketball. To me, I, mm-hmm. if I can't jump and use my vertical, I don't want to, I don't want to play. <laughs> um, so, so they didn't have any, sta- they didn't, the Paralympics does not, and still does not to this day, have a, a standing basketball team. They only have a wheelchair basketball team.
0: Right.
1: Um, which, I mean, it, it, listen, if, if if you, you had played it of course, because probably because you're in a wheelchair, but like mm-hmm. to to actually sit in a wheelchair, to try and roll, to try and throw a ball at a basket, and you're moving and the basket stands still. Like that, that concept is so lost on lost to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a difficult thing to do, and I don't think people realize how difficult wheelchair basketball is. But nevertheless, I knew if I got a prosthetic leg, I knew I could run. So about a week and a half after my surgery, I mean, after my amputation is is when I really like kind of dialed in with those three dreams for track and field and I mean, from there it was. A, I need a leg. I, I mean, I just need to. I need to push hard through through rehab. I need to learn how to walk, and even even better, I need to learn how to run. Like run all over again. So I need a leg. Hey, give me a leg. Just anybody. Just give me a leg. They're like, April doesn't work like that. You know, you have to. You have to let your skin heal. You you know, you just have to. There's some swelliness in your leg that needs to go down. You need to get footed fit for a prosthetic device. Mm-hmm. You need to learn how to walk first before you can even get a running leg. I'm like, this process sucks. Right. Um but Nevertheless. <laughs> I was I was so also very fortunate that I had a um a physical therapist her name is Andrea and Andrea was I mean from the very first day she did an evaluation on me like once I got my walking leg I checked into a rehab hospital in order to learn how to run I mean walk I'm sorry so like so Andrea the very first day I checked into um into the rehab place to learn how to walk she kind of went through with me and asked me what were what, what is it that you want to do like what are your goals which I I thought was amazing you know for a therapist to ask you what your goals are um to me, that just takes them to a whole nother level. So when she asked me, I said, I want to run. And she's like, oh, okay. Most people come in talking about, I want to walk, but you want to run. I said, okay, if you want to dial it back to walking, I said, I want to be able to walk with my prosthetic device and have, a, if I have a pair of pants on, no one will be able to tell that I have a prosthetic d- device on. Like, I want to be able to walk that well, like walk, walk, walk like I walked before. Mm-hmm. I was like, and then I also want to be able to run because I got these three dreams. I kept telling these people about my three dreams. I want to be, be the best in the world. I want to represent the United States and I want to win gold medal, plain and simple. Um, and she, she looked at me and she said, okay, then we got some work to do. I said, well, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, rest is, the rest became history. But I mean, she, she pushed me and I, I continued to push, push myself as well as, like I said, continuing to share those three dreams with people that was very important to me. Um, because I knew if days I I didn't want to go to therapy, days I didn't feel like it, days I just didn't have the motivation to do so. I knew that people around me would were, would remind me of what I said I wanted to do, um, and that to me was was even equally as important. You know, again, you you wake up and you missing your leg, and then you're like, okay, wait, I have dreams. I still have dreams. I'm still valuable. You know, I'm still mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still able to do things. Um, I I think as we talk about like you know people's mental capacity, it's like. Am I still able? Am I still valuable? Um, can I still do things? Um, I I think that's so important for people with disabilities is like, you know, constantly being reassured of those things that you're still able, you still can do. Um, and you're still capable of doing, um, you know, basically anything that you want to do. So, you know, keeping that in mind, athletics really helped me dial that in for me.
0: Yeah. And that's really, um, I think that's really key because as, you know, as I mentioned, our stories are different in that I've had my disability all my life. You were, you know, you were an adult when you acquired your disability. So, um, you know, it's different and to experience that loss of, you know, part of your leg. And, you know, like you said, to, to figure out where you, where you fit in and, and, you know, your, you know, your life was really, uh, you know, really involved the athletics, and it was just like, okay, can I still do this? Can I still do that? And then to have the the therapist say that on the first, you know, on the first day, like, what are your goals? Because often they have goals for you, and they have to reach certain points of, of your uh, therapy, but it's like, what do you want to do? And, uh, you know, I'm sure you blew her away with <laughs> with those responses, like, hey, all right, here's... Especially
1: because most of the people she, she would uh, work with a lot of the times we're, um, we're elderly people, you know? Right. Um, not very often did she come across a young person. So I was just as much challenged, as, as much as I was trying to challenge, challenge myself as, you know, she was as much challenging me. Cause it's like, okay, wait a minute, this is going to be a challenge. Cause I'm not used to working with, you know, younger people who are, you know, very athletic and those kind of things. So, you know, every single day she was throwing all different types of things at me in order to be able to get me from where I was to where I wanted to be.
0: Right. Um, can you briefly just talk about what, um, what's, what, uh, sports you competed in, uh, within the Paralympics and, um, you know, what years you were, um, competing there?
1: Yep. So I was, uh, I competed in from 2002 when I first lost my leg. So I lost my leg in 2001. So my very first competition was in 2002. Uh, so from 2002 through 2016, um, I competed in, uh, all track and field events. Um, I, I never made a transition to wheelchair basketball, although I watched them from a distance and continued to cheer them on and things like that. Um, my main thing was I, I'm, I'm a track and field athlete. Uh, so I did the, uh, let's see, I I, I did 100 meters, um, which I broke in a world, 100 meter world record, um, a number of times. I've, I did the 200 meter, same thing, broke the world record a number of times in the 200 meters uh did the 400 um i think i only did that a handful of times if that many just long enough to break the world record that's all i wanted to do um is just to go out there and break the world record that's enough of that idea 400 is very very painful um and then i also long jumped um i I didn't do that very often but i actually ended up by i'll say by a mistake um (laughs) end up winning a uh, bronze medal at the 2004 games in in the uh in a long jump um but um, it, it it's it was a lo- it was it was a very long but a very fun um, athletic career. Um, just you know traveling around so many different countries, meeting people with all different disabilities from all over the world, um, and seeing you know seeing the impact that we can have on the world. Uh, you, you spoke about you know the Olympic games being on 24/7 for two weeks, you know, and the Paralympic games being on for you know two hours over on a Saturday and on a Sunday. Like that's ridiculous. Um, Mm -hmm. but even that short period of time, I remember being in Beijing, uh, for the 2008 games. And I remember someone saying to me, you know, prior to the the Beijing being awarded the games, you know, people with disabilities were not seen, you know, they, they pretty much stayed in the house. You didn't come out the house if you had a disability in, in China. Um, and I even think about here in the States, like why, why as a kid did I never see anyone with a disability? And it's like do you, do you, you know, not that you're forced to stay in the house, but is that you know, is that the mentality of people with disabilities or or people that are taking care of them? Like, okay, do you stay in the house? Do you not really go out anywhere? Like, do you not hang out anywhere? That that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I think Paralympics in itself has helped um, you know, it helped I'll say mainstream people with disabilities a lot better than what they were many years ago. And obviously, social media has also helped with that. You know, so it's it's I'll say it's nothing to you know anymore to see someone out with a disability I know I, I'm out all the time with my with my prostate you know with, with walking around my leg and just the stares and stuff that people give you like oh my god like especially little kids uh-huh. little boys are always on it little boys are like <laughs> staring at you like what in the world is that that she has because I want one right um, they call it, little boys will call it the robot or a bionic leg or something or another uh-huh. like, bionic leg um <laughs> so I'm always like you know, look right back at them. Their parents are like, Shh, "Don't look at her." You know, don't ask questions or be quiet. You know, trying to shush the kid. But I'm like, we'll, we'll never learn until you see someone. We'll never learn until you talk about it. We'll never right. learn if you know, we keep we keep hiding behind closed doors." So
0: is, the world needs more
1: people like yourself. The world needs more people like myself that are not afraid to go out with our disability and instead, you know, are are are, are have a desire a great desire to live our life in spite of
0: yeah it it is it's so important to have the conversations about it um because if if you know if everybody's being quiet about it then nobody learns anything so we, we uh definitely have to uh you know like you said need more people like ourselves willing to put their stories out there and to um share the stories of of other people so the next question um as i mentioned before, I attended some of your um your foundation's uh fundraisers and can you just talk a little bit about the April Holmes Foundation and um, what your mission is and also, um, you know, mention where you can uh, be found on the internet, social media, and things like that?
1: So I guess it was probably 2002, not 2002, 2003. Um, I realized um, that although I was, although I was able to, um, I'll say, um, overcome Excuse me. Some struggles as it relates to my disability. I also realized there there were a whole lot of people that were not, um, and they are not. You know they don't they don't get the opportunities. Whether it's education, they don't get the opportunities socially. Um, you know they they really just struggle for things. You know having disabilities. And so I I really wanted to start a foundation to be able to help people with uh, physical as well as learning disabilities. You know to help them with scholarships, to help them with medical equipment. Because when I got into my accident, I had I had excellent insurance to pay for you know, everything that needed to be paid for. Um, but also that there are people who, you know, can't come home because they don't have a ramp at their house and they have a wheelchair now, or, you know, they're stuck in a staying in a, a nursing facility and, you know, things like that, because their their house is no longer fit for their now new, com, new coming disability kind of thing. So um, I just think about like, you know, how difficult that was and how great of a platform now that I had uh, just being in athletics. And so I'm like, okay, you have to use your platform for good. Um, wh- who can benefit from some of the things that you're um, achieving in life. So, you know, having a, a wine and sneaker, a sneaker, a sneaker ball at, at the end of the day, it was, it was pretty cool. Because I, I kept saying to people, I'm like, okay, listen, I want you to get totally dressed up. And then I want you to put sneakers on your feet. And they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Especially, women. now the men were excited because the men were like, great, I get to dress up and put a <laughs> pair of sneakers on, great. Um, but when we first started doing it, the, the the conversation and the chatter back from women was like, how do you want me to get all dressed up and put on a pair of sneakers? And I'm like, because I want you to get all dressed. And no one understood, ex- except for a very, very small circle of people, no one understood why I wanted them to have a sneaker ball. But one of the things I, I did understand about people with disabilities is, more often than not, they do not own a pair of shoes, dress shoes. And if they do, they're not very comfortable wearing their dress shoes. And so in order to level the playing field for everyone, um, I wanted everyone to wear a pair of sneakers. And and then I said, okay, I said, and we're going to give out prizes for the best sneakers. And once I said <laughs> we're going to give out prizes, like women just, I mean, just took it and ran with it. I mean, stepped game,
0: it up a lot. <laughs>
1: they stepped their game up seriously. Like they had... Uh, bedazzled their shoes and, you know, sh- stuff written on their shoes and stuff hanging from their shoes. I mean, as sneakers, I mean, you, you <laughs> name it, they did it. Um, which which I thought was cool because people really got into that, um, into that mentality of, okay, all right, we all wearing sneakers. And one of the things they realized after the very first event, especially the women were, you know, I just spent like three out three, four hours on my feet and I feel so comfortable. Like I, my feet don't hurt. Like I'm walking <laughs> around all these hours dancing and things like that. And my feet don't hurt. Um, but it was again, it was a, it was about, um, you know, how can we how can we make uh, the people with disabilities more comfortable by bringing everyone to where they are. Um, so it's fun. It was it was great. Um, unfortunately, uh, so one, COVID took us in a different direction. But two, uh, we were pivot We're, we were in the process of getting ready to pivot anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's some, there's some other, uh, there's some other interest and purposeful things that I have happening in my life. So we're going to pivot, uh, the foundation to really reflect those, um, those projects that I have going on now, post athletics. Um, so, you know, just rewriting some things and, and, uh, realigning some things and, and are excited about the un- uh, unveiling of, of our new uh, mission in life. So I'm going to I'm leaving it at that Arthur right now. So um, great. Otherwise. Like, otherwise, I'm gonna get in trouble for saying too much. So right,
0: <laughs> and we don't want that. So, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, so uh, just to wrap up the uh, interview here, um, I also like to end my podcast episodes with this last question, which is, what do you want others to know about people who live with disabilities?
1: I think if you spent if you spent even a minute um, at Jake's place, you will learn like so much about people with disabilities. Um, <laughs> I've never seen brighter smiles. Um, I've never seen greater determination. Um, and then on top of that, even the support that's there for, for people. Um, I remember coming out to an event you all had at the park, uh, not miss uh, it's been a few years ago. Now I know you all are having something. I just kind of stopped at the park and I'm like, this is amazing. Like that the level of support, um, you know, because, because it's one thing to feel like, you know, you're just going through something in life. But the more and more you have people that encourage you, um, and, and you and I are prime examples of that because we both have mothers who are, I know you, we were just talking about your mom and how, you know, she's yeah. like your best friend. And mine the same way. It's like, you know, they have continued to push us out there. Um, mm-hmm. they're, not, they're not ashamed of us at all. In fact they probably push us sometimes harder than we push ourselves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's the, it's, you know, if I think when you when you can see, when you can be around, when you can experience um what people with disabilities go through um and and what what their potential can be um and you're there to support and cheer just like you would anyone else. Like that to me is 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 like like just mind boggling to me. Like, it, like I said, to, to, when I, when I went to the, your, the uh, event, it's like, like community day or something like that at Jake's place. I think, mm-hmm. um, and when I got there, I'm like, I, I, th- I think I, in fact, I had difficulty even finding a parking space. Like that's how many yeah. people were. I was like, <laughs> what is, is something else happening at the park or something? I mean, all these people are here. Um, but to again, to see it, to see some of the awesome work that you are doing, to see some of the awesome work that your supporters and, you know, people that that, that really, really believe in what you're doing. Um, to me, I I don't, I, I find a hard time believing that there is anything greater in life than to sit sit for a moment at that park um, and watch people play. Um, because they're not complaining, they're just playing. Um, yeah, to watch
0: and everybody play. plays together, which is... Yeah. Something that you, you know, something that we all need to see right now. (laughs) Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. They're all playing whether they have a disability or not. And it's just something, it is something beautiful to see. So uh, I agree.
1: (laughs) So I'm I'm truly, I I believe I am truly fortunate. uh, One is to have, I'll say to have met you because it's interesting because you went to school with my sister and my cousin. So, yes. I mean, you're a different age group, but I, you know, t- to know that they know you and then for me to come full circle in life and also know you, I'm like, you know, Arthur? They was like, yeah, how do you know Arthur? And I'm like, <laughs> wait, how do you know him? I, I was like, I know him from the disability community, like that kind of thing. They're like, well, we actually have known him since he was a kid and because yeah. we was with him. And I'm like, really? Uh-huh. And yeah, so those type of stories are always amazing. Um, the fact that you have gotten it, you know, you demonstrate what life should be like.
0: Um, oh well thank you and um yeah it's funny um your cousin sunny and i we were at the same babysitter before i even started school
1: so <laughs> miss um so what's her name uh the, um, miss peters yes 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 yes. yeah miss yes, yes.
0: peters and Cheselhurst. and um yep. yeah <laughs> but it is it's so funny how like you said our our stories uh, you know have connected we're connected before we even knew about it so that's uh Really Absolutely. great. And, and getting to know you uh, over the last few years has been uh, so great. And, um, you know, I appreciate all of your support and, uh, you know, your support of, you know, me personally and what I'm doing and just uh, the support of what we do with Jake's Place. Thank you again. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you. And, um, you know, I look forward to talking to you soon.
1: Yes, I look forward also. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate you. Uh,
0: uh, you're welcome. Have a good day. Okay, you do same. Bye-bye now. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Our View podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Our View podcast on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. New episodes will be released on the 15th and 30th of every month. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Our View for Life. That's O-U-R-V-I-E-W, the number four, L-I-F-E. Do you want to help change the tone of conversation among your family and friends? head over to our website for some Hour merchandise. Our website is www.our-view.com forward slash merchandise. I thank you for listening. Have a great day and take care.